Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and fabulous co-host today is Lyle, Lyle Big. Welcome back to you. I know our listeners will be super excited. We're probably going to start getting texts in already. How are you? Yeah, you have no idea how excited I am to be back here on The Breakfast Show again. And, you know, I think this is my third time this year. Oh, wow. Powerful. There you go. So yeah. You filled in the other day for me when I, I was did. sick last week. Thank you so much for that. So this is your third time this year. Third time this year. Oh, wow. I, so, you- yeah, I've got some really good stories here. Looking forward to getting my teeth into and sharing with you guys some great Bible study thoughts. It's going to be a great show. Absolutely. It's going to be a great show. And Lawson is here with us today too. Lawson, good morning to you. Good morning. I'm producer Lawson this morning. So uh, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just out here pushing <laughs> buttons and lighting up songs and responding to text text messages and speaking of text messages we've actually we are so blessed so many of you guys wrote in yesterday we're having a problem hey, i heard i heard uh-huh. that you guys had a terrible day yesterday well we yeah. thought it was like a really did. bad day we, nobody like, was listening nobody was this commenting no, no, nobody we, was we saying we only got anything. three text messages and we're going like what's going on and then we come in this morning we find out that something happened to these texts they just kind of got missing so huge apologies then, to our then, listeners like plenty of you guys were writing oh. in with answers to the quiz, which I got down and recorded, by the way, this morning. Um, but also, you know, shout-outs and comments on the show. And I, w- I felt kind of awful because I was like, oh, man, these guys have really been duped out oh, of being part of the show, which they normally bad. are. Yeah. But at the same time, like, we were so relieved because oh, we were thinking, like, so- does no one listen to The Breakfast Show anymore? <laughs> like, what, what, what happened? In one day, what <laughs> happens to The Breakfast Lawson, Show? Lawson overnight. came in this morning and he was just so, like, really down, like, oh, we had a terrible show yeah. yesterday. No. <laughs> Nobody, nobody wanted to interact at all. <laughs> and, then, and, then suddenly, and then suddenly yeah. we get that. And so we, we actually went, praise the Lord. So yeah. we're going to read out some of those um, shortly. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lyle. And Lawson's chipping in today a bit too. He's our producer, given that Shell is overseas in the US. She has made it safely. So Lawson's wearing a couple of hats, or well, a bit more than a couple today. <laughs> but um, So we've got Lyle on the show, which is fantastic. But we've come to our quiz time. Um, it, of course, you go in the draw um, that happens on Friday at quarter to nine. The more times you actually enter, the more times you get the chance to win. And we had heaps coming through yesterday. We just didn't know it. So if you've only just joined us, our hugest apologies if we weren't responding to some of your texts um, in reading them out. But heaps of also quiz answers came through. They came through this morning. We're not sure what happened. They went somehow into thin air and our technology picked it up today. So, <clears throat> But our first quiz question for today is, who said... Much learning is driving you mad. That's an interesting quote, isn't it? Who said much learning is driving you mad? If you know the answer to that question, text us on 0491-064-669. That number again is 0491-064-669. Text us your answer. Who said much learning is driving you mad? Lyle, can you tell us what the prize well, there's two prizes this week for the draw. Two fabulous books. Can you tell us what they are for this week, please? Okay, so the first one here is Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. This one is by Ellen White. And it's 
kind of like a easy reading commentary devotional. I'm not sure exactly how you describe it, but one of my favorite books. Yes. It is all about um, the Sermon on the Mount, which is yeah. kind of like Jesus' manifesto, if you wanted to mm-hmm. sort of describe it that way. Mm. Um, it's where he outlines, you know, in, in three chapters, you'll find it in the beginning of uh, Matthew there, outlines what Christianity looks like. Yes, and in a radical way, because back then some of the things he brought out were just so radical, weren't they, but just fabulous for us. Yes. And what's our second book? The second one is A Thoughtful Hour. This is tracing the final footsteps of Jesus. It's based around the concept of spending an hour with Jesus every day. That's fabulous, hey? Yes, absolutely. Something we all should do. uh, Something we ought to do. And like we were saying with Lawson the last couple of days, it really does change your life when you spend that time with God. It's easy to say, hey, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, but... Where do we go from that? And that whole spending time with him is really crucial. It just changes our lives each day. And also, Lyle, who is shouting out to which town or city are we going to today that has that has a station with Faith FM and has our listeners out there? Okay, so you're a native of South Australia, right? I am. All right, so maybe you can tell native. me. Native, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> born in, yes, born in Adelaide, yes. Born in Adelaide. So mm. this one, I'm going to default to you for the correct pronunciation. Oh. It's either going to be Narracoot or Narracourt. 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 Okay, so, so where, whereabouts is it's that? It's just near Mount Gambia. Okay. Yeah, there so you go. down in the south part of South Australia, beautiful area. So it's a small town, um, but, you know, most people kind of tend to go to Mount Gambia um, where there's the beautiful lakes and things like that. But yeah, it's a lovely spot. There's actually a Seventh-day Adventist church there as well. So there are worshippers there. And um, yeah, so if you're in Narracourt and you're listening in today, uh, or you've passed through Narracourt, text us in on 0491-064-669. Let us know what you love about Narracourt, what makes you live there, or why you travelled through there. Um, so that number again is 0491-064-669. And we would love to hear from you. See, the thing I want to know is why there's two O's in Narracourt. I know. That's so confusing. You if they cut one of those O's out, we would know exactly how it was said. I know, but here's the thing. Right. It's the English language. It's like I said a week or two ago on the show here. We have the word though and then through. You just add an R to the word though with an R and it becomes through instead of Throw. Yeah, don't don't, right. don't even get me started. Right, okay. Don't even get me Whereas started. Whereas in the Polish language, it's phonet- you know, every single letter is pronounced, and that that isn't a classic example. Okay, of the so English here's language. here's another question: Is Narakot is that like an English name or an Aboriginal name, or what kind of name is that? No. I, I don't even know. Well, I don't know. Well, we might need to check and tell them in the next segment. But I think well, somebody can text us and let us know too. But I whoever think, decided I actually, how it was spelt <laughs> butchered it. I've, <laughs> I think it's actually an English name, to be honest. So okay. that, that one I don't know the answer, but we can actually double check. Hey, Sky messaged in yesterday. Sky, you're a faithful listener. We just want to say we're sorry that your text didn't come through. Yours are amongst those many, many texts that didn't come through to us yesterday. You asked us, is it possible to please get a shout-out for your son for his um, 10th birthday? So happy birthday yet for yesterday for your son. Happy 10th birthday to Sky's son. We're really sorry we missed it, but hope you had a really super day. And hope today's another great day too. I want to do a special shout out to my auntie in Adelaide as well. It's her birthday. Like I said, there's heaps of birthdays um, in this month too. Um, 
Another one, Wayne said, my engine, my body runs on 135 BPs per minute. Um, exercising, it's a diesel engine, can go all day. And that was in relation to what George shared with us yesterday about our heartbeat. 78 million reasons why we ought to exercise and get our heart rates down and, um, and do that because we can actually live 10 years longer with a quality of life there too. Mm. Okay, so Kathy's asking where Michelle is. And let me, t- let me share with you Mich- yes. where Michelle is. I'm just noticing on my phone right now that $750 got transferred onto my credit card from my bank account. <laughs> Literally as we go about to go yes. to air, you were just like, let, so she let me- just transferred that. <laughs> she is currently at Mall of America, which is the largest shopping mall in the world uh, in Minneapolis. Spending money. <laughs> As women like to do when they're away from their husbands. <laughs> she has a credit card and an empty suitcase, so I'm in trouble. There you go, nice. And she's yeah. moving, going on to her family, which That's would be right. lovely. Hey, just a bit of good news that we want to share here is gifts of homes for the military veterans over in the US. There's um, Gary Sines Foundation have actually provided 80 mortgage-free homes to those who actually lost their limbs. Um, in the wartime, you know, as, the, as, a, as a gratitude and as an honour for those who went to war in the Middle East. And the latest one that they've actually done in the US across, um, that they've actually done is actually for uh, a gentleman and his family. Uh, I've just lost his name. Here we go. Tori Honda and his wife and two children. And they've actually just given them a home in Deforest in Wisconsin. And they've basically built a completely brand new home that is, um, as made up for his disabilities because, you know, in his case, um, as, as in another case, a sergeant, sorry, sergeant Shane Parsons is another one too who actually lost both his legs and suffered traumatic brain injury and hit, and Shane could only use 70, 80% of his own home before. So they've given a whole brand new home and mortgage free, which is, I think, fabulous given the kind of service um, that, you know, so many of these soldiers have done overseas that we can't even imagine what they go through, but the trauma that they come back with, you know, um, that affect the, the post-traumatic disorders that they tend to have big time. Some of them, unfortunately, also suicide because it's such, it affects them so badly and they can't cope with it. But in many cases, on top of that, on top of that too, they also have parts of their limbs that have been in, uh, affected and they don't have it. And so they can't move around as easily. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, the, the community that this Gary Cincy Foundation, and they've, in this case, they've actually built the home by Tim O'Brien Homes as well and Structural Building Components Association together with, um, this Cincy Foundation. And they're doing this beautiful service to, to honor them and give them gratitude to the soldiers. And I just think, you know, my mind went to a verse in Hebrews 13 that says, do not neglect to do good to others and share what have, what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Isn't that a beautiful thing, Lyle? It I is. Just, like, it is. incredible. And it's great when you can get celebrities like this who can give back to the community or who choose to give back to yes. the Because they don't have to. No, they don't. And it's a really nice thing to do. Um, and, and I just, my heart goes out to these guys whose lives have been changed forever. Mm, forever. And they didn't have to joke to go there. They didn't have to sign no. up uh, for the military, but they did. And, uh, 
you know, fought for the country, yep. fought for the safety of people. Yeah, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Yes, yeah. loads and loads of reasons. And so, um, it's just a really beautiful thing. And to think they've done like 80, 80 homes so far, and they're not even you know considering um, stopping at that. They're actually considering to do a whole lot more. You know, another passage in Matthew says, "What you did unto others, you did unto me." So mm. there's a whole lot of Bible verses in the Bible that really say that whatever we do to others and the absolute joy that we give to others is actually pleasing to God. And it's actually, um, you know, a way of what we actually do to others is actually what we then do to God. And of course, God loves us so much. He calls us to give that love back and joy to others, especially when they have sacrificed so much like these guys. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lyle today and also Lawson is our producer while Shell's away. Hey, our next quiz question for today is fill in the blanks. Let the blank of my blank and the meditation of my blank be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. It's found in Psalms 19. I won't give you the verse even though we've got it here. But the choices are A, song, mouth and soul. Or is it B, words, mouth or heart and heart, sorry. Is it C, speech, tongue, bowels? Or is it D, no laughing there, Lawson, thanks. And, and D, music, tongue and heart. So I'm going to read that again because there's a few choices here. Now, I mean, I almost said the words because I love this verse um, and it's it's definitely one to memorize. You know, it's a, a fab- fabulous promise to have memorized. So fill in the blanks. Let the blank of my blank and the meditation of my blank be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Is it A, song, mouth, soul? Is it B, words, mouth, heart? C, speech, tongue, bowels? Or is it D, music, tongue or heart? Text us in on 0491-064-669 to go in the draw. That happens on Friday at quarter to nine. And you'll go in the draw to win two books. One is The Thought on the Mount of Blessings and A Thoughtful Prayer a Day. We shared that earlier in the show of what it's about. Thought of Mounts of Blessings is actually the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus has, and that goes from Matthew 5 to chapter 7, the best sermon ever preached, and also a thoughtful prayer day, encouraging you how to have a devotional life, spending time with God each day. That number again is 0491-064-669. Hey, David messaged in yesterday, question, when Jesus comes back again, the Christian dead get raised first. Followed by the living Christians, what happens to the children and at what age is a child classified an adult? We're referring that to question of the day and that will actually be continuing when Shell comes back. So keep listening in for that one, David, and anyone else that's particularly interested in the answer to that question because there's a lot to unpack in that one. Lyle, right now, where are we going with the news today? Okay, so we said we're going to talk about Sage's Law. Mm -hmm. This is a story that has been happening since 2019, so so it goes all the way back to then. This is a, a grandmother, essentially, she is suing a school board and a number uh, school school principal and school counsellors um, as a result. Of, and I just got to say, this is a fairly spicy story, so um, discretion is advised if your children are listening. Um, but what happened was that her 14-year-old daughter decided to transition. She, she was the, the 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 guardian for her daughter, mm-hmm. her and her husband, uh, because uh, the father died, the mother wasn't in the picture, and so they were the guardian for this daughter. So mm-hmm. the, effectively, the parents for this for this 14-year-old mm-hmm. girl. 
She's at school and uh, she says to one of her friends at school that, you know, she's going, she's 14, she's feeling uncomfortable with the body, nothing unusual about that. We all went through that when we were teenagers. <laughs> Didn't we? <laughs> yep. <coughs> and she's like, you know, I feel more like I'm a boy. And so she's like, why don't you call me by this name? And uh, later in the day, the school counsellor found out that um, she was being called by a boy's name. While um, she was still a female. Yeah, while she was still a female. Mm-hmm. Um, called her in and asked her whether she preferred to be a boy, you know, uh, spend an hour or so, you know, in, in counselling with her and said, okay, your new name now is this um, and you now get to where, you know, you, you now get to use the boys' bathrooms, etc., etc., etc. Wow. So, yeah, school counsellor diagnosed, prescribed, on the spot, um, with gender dysphoria, which, you know, we should be very, very careful with this because we've got to remember that people with gender dysphoria have a suicide rate of about 46%, which mm, is... That's high, eh? Way higher than Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto in the Second World War. Is that right? There yeah, so you, you go. You, it is infinitely higher. Wow. So she started using the uh, boys' bathrooms at school and going by this male name, but her counsellor told her not to tell her parents. No way. Yes, she was, t- she was instructed not to tell her parents and that this would be their secret. They would just do it at school because it would be safer that way for so her. So I'm apparently. trying to even think of how come she didn't even mention it to her parents or her friends that it actually was all at school. That's really well, interesting. Well, yeah, but I remember being 14 and being yeah, at school. Yeah, you only having... want to let your friends know, yep. hey, that's it. Okay, so here's the problem. She got... Um, Abused. She got sexually abused in the boys' bathrooms. I mean, you've got a 14-year-old girl, girl using boys. bathrooms exactly. that belong to the boys. That's a dangerous situation. Absolutely. You get a bunch of um, of horny 14-year-old boys in there. Yeah. So she gets abused in this particular... Is the counsellor responsible now in this in somehow? <laughs> well, it gets, anyway. it gets way more complicated than this. Mm. Um, so as a result of that, she's now confused because she's like, well, I can't tell my parents I'm being abused here. Um, and she ran away from home. Wow. Um, and having run away from home, she, uh, she, was, she, she ended up being sex trafficked basically. True. Picked up, pick, picked up by a pedophile, taken across you know, state borders and so forth, taken from Virginia up to Maryland and Washington, D.C. Oh, the poor girl. Um, so now she's 14 years old. She's living with a registered sex offender. Um, he is uh, selling her off to you know, groups of men And so how did the, par- time. How did the parents have the pa- – I mean, I'm assuming the parents have all found out about no. this. Because, I mean, but, no, they haven't been told yet. But have, have, wouldn't they be wondering, like, she's left home? What's happened to oh, her? Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 she's now a missing person. Yeah, yeah. And she gets found a month later. Right. And so when she's found – Here's what's, here's what's interesting. Mm. She's found – she was sent to – so she's picked up from this registered sex, sex offenders' homes where she is being trafficked to multiple men and multiple groups of men. Oh, shocking the poor girl. Right? So then she gets sent from there – not home. Right. She gets sent to a juvenile detention centre and placed in an isolation um, – Location and the parents were denied access, and this is because the counsellors informed the uh, the police that she had identified as a different sex, and that the parents were opposed to that. Not that they even knew this. Now, of course, no, they, they assumed this because the parents were Christians, right? 
Uh, and and they were true. They were correct that the parents would oppose her um, changing her sex. Yeah. So okay, where- so the parents were then denied access. Mm-hmm. She was told that the parents no longer wanted her. By whom? By the public defender who told her to lie in court and tell the court that her parents had been abusive so, she, so, so that she could win the case and get her away from her parents. Away and probably move towards being the male. Would she still be? Yes, what, what, that's what she's still, I mean, she's still very confused over this. Is she still this. wanting to be a male or not at is where stage, my mind's going. At this stage she is. She, she, she's just super confused. We're a, we're a month or two into this whole process. Oh, man. Okay, so then the court found that it was unsafe to safe for her to live with her parents because now the parents find out what's going on. They don't support her transitioning. You know, you can imagine the turmoil that's going through their mind. They're yes. trying to grapple with it. How does this actually work? So she was sent to a group home yeah. for boys. No, this, this just gets okay. worse and worse. So okay. <laughs> you get a bunch of four, horny 14-year-old boys. Yes. And you place a female amongst Absolutely, them. Absolutely, 100%. You know what's going to Absolutely. happen. Absolutely. So she's been abused in the, in the toilets by the bales. Then she's been sex trafficked. Then she's actually going to a whole, you know. A home for boys. Uh, and then a home for, for boys after that. Like how, how much worse can this whole thing spiral? Okay, so, so the obvious happens in the group home. She's being sexually abused in the group home. So she runs away again. And this time she ends up being sex trafficked down to Texas. It takes them a lot longer to find her. Um, it t- takes them like the, this. This stretches out over the next year or so um, until she is eventually found. By the time they find her, she she's, you know, she's further through puberty. Yeah, and uh, coming to grips with you know coming better grips with what it means to be a female, to be a woman. She's like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with being a man anymore. I'm a female, so right. she's now detransitioning. Right, and comes back to her parents. And her parents have turned around and they're suing the school, they're suing the school board, they're suing the counsellors. Yes. Because this was... This was all avoidable. It was avoidable if they the had whole spoken process. to the parents. The whole process Bang. was avoidable if they had spoken to the parents. And, 100%. And since when was a school counsellor qualified to diagnose and prescribe that. something that has a 70% failure rate already? 70% yes. of... Of teenagers who transition, detransition. So, so tell me, has the has the uh, um, counselor been sacked from their job as well? And also, where my mind's going is like, what's the law doing about these tra- sex traffickers as well? That you know that that took her and the pedophiles and like, there's a whole gamut of stuff in this space. There is. Okay, so the sex traffickers and so forth are all being hauled through the through the courts appropriately. Good. Thankfully for that. Uh, but what is interesting is that a Republican senator is now pushing through what's called Sage's Law. So Sage is not her name. It's the name that the courts have assigned to her for the case to okay. protect her identity. Okay. So he's trying to push through Sage's Law, which will require that when a child expresses at school a desire to transition, at least one parent must be notified. That's fa- that's fabulous. And it's got it's got to be because it's, Can, it's in, on the increase, isn't it? It's continuing on the increase. Yeah, it's increased by what five thousand percent in the last few years, and, and the, the thing that staggers me, that blows my mind, is that we have to have a law for this. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. a law Parents to do the most com- obvious thing possible. The first people that should know what is going on is the parents, absolutely, not the last. You don't, yeah. you don't teach, you don't t- send your children to school 
to teach them to lie. Yes. When children are at school, they should be learning good morals, not bad morals. School is not a place where you want your children to lie. And, of course, something that is as massively life-changing as sexual transition is something the parents have a right to be involved with. 100%. I mean, that's why you have children, and it's the parents that are bringing them up all the way through, you know. Um, And, yeah, to think that the law and schools are taking place of that, that's just um, mind-boggling in every way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Chipping in as well a bit today, even he's doing the producing. Hey, our next quiz question for today is, as the newly appointed leader, what was Joshua supposed to cross with all the people? I'll read that one again. As the newly appointed leader, what was Joshua supposed to cross with all the people? I've been there. You know, I keep saying regularly, don't I, that I've been to Israel but there's a place that, you know, Joshua had to cross with all the people. Well, if you know the answer, text us in on 0491064669. The more times that you actually give your answers, the more times you get the chance to go into the draw on Friday. That will be drawn at quarter to nine on Friday. And the prizes are Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings and a Thoughtful Prayer a Day. Two fabulous books that you want to have in your home and that you will not regret having because you would just... It would just, um, yeah, just make your devotional life a whole lot more beautiful and that time with God. And the beautiful thing is that there's Bible verses in there that you go to. So it's very much directing you to the Bible as well. Lawson, um, yeah, we're actually coming up to our time now with our interview with Jennifer Skuse. Hello, Jennifer. Are you there? I'm here. Hello. Hello. Good to have you back on the the show again this morning. And we always love what you have to say about the heart-brain connection. We're covering that today. And I know, you know, the last couple of times we talked about smiling and laughter. And we keep Mm -hmm. practicing that more and more all the time. I was actually walking the shops the other day and, you know, just looking at people. And I thought, Jennifer said to smile, just smile. So I suddenly just put up the smile again. But we're talking more about that heart-brain connection today. Where are we going with that? that today please well first of all when you smile at people uh, particularly when you're out and they're strangers people are amazed because not many people do it so it's really a way of connecting mm-hmm. but the heart and the the thing of smiling it's good for the heart you know merry merry heart doeth good medicine as the uh, proverbs were saying that's right so, this is where looking, starting to look at the heart. And I thought I'd start with um, a syndrome. We know it as the broken heart syndrome. Mm-hmm. But it has, um, it actually has a Japanese name called Takasubo. I think that's how you pronounce it, cardiomyopathy. So I'd rather call it the broken heart syndrome. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Let's make it English instead of Japanese so we can follow it. Yeah. So but tell us a bit about it. Yeah, well, what it is, the reason they call it, uh, it's a Japanese name, it's, it's similar to what happens to the heart is similar in the shape to a trap that the Japanese use when they're fishing that's got a narrow neck. And what happens the with this particular syndrome, the heart's main blood pumping chamber, which is the left ventricle, changes shape and gets larger. So you've got this large, it's like the pot with the narrow neck at it. And that weakens the heart muscle and means it doesn't pump blood as well as it should. Mm. Now, it is very similar to a heart attack, and mm. people think they're having a heart attack. Um, wow. 
and even doctors do. And I first came across this many years ago when I was working in a psychiatric hospital and this one of the, the patients was telling me that and she came back into hospital, but she was telling me she went to the doctor, high anxiety, so she'd often have panic attacks. And she were, she was having, it seemed like a panic attack, and the doctor's going, oh, it's only a panic attack. And she's going, no, it's my heart. Wow. So they went, yeah, they went back and forth for a while. He finally sent her to the hospital, and it was her heart, but it wasn't a heart attack. They diagnosed it as this broken heart syndrome. Mm. So. And, and how, how common is this broken heart syndrome? Like, do we have any figures of how many in the, you know, hundreds or thousands can get that or we don't have those kind um, of figures? No, I was reading about 10%. Um, and it's more women than men, but about oh. 10% of heart problems can be this syndrome. Wow. So that is, I think, 8 to 10%. But it's more, as we said, more predominant in women than, women than men. But I think there's reasons for this. Mm. But um, when the heart, even though it's not a heart attack, it's affecting the heart and it, you can recover. It's not inherited. Mm-hmm. It is caused by stress, particularly emotional stress. Mm. But there are different things that can cause it. And uh, I've got a, a good list here of what causes it. Yeah. The, yeah, the precise cause isn't known. It seemed to be multifaceted, but I learned a lot from this particular patient I sh- shared, and she had had massive heart problems because of her broken heart. She'd had major grief and loss issues within the family with losses in death and people leaving in a marriage. So we realized that that was where the heart was actually broken. You know, if you said, oh, you're breaking my heart, you know, how people... Yes, that's where my mind was going right there, that, yeah, when when we emotionally affect, we say we've got a broken heart, especially especially in relationships, hey, when they break down for people, but but also in that other space when we lose loved ones because we're designed for relationships. So, well, that's fabulous. Uh, Fabulous to know, sorry, fabulous when I say that link of of the name. But So tell us more about some of the causes. Well, some of the causes, it's uh, stress factors, even things like having a car or other accident, um, receiving bad news, having a major argument, financial losses. They find that public speaking, all sorts of things can affect the heart in this way. And I think it's probably... A level of that over time, but anything like any sort of violence, um, emotional distress, like we said, and I'm not saying all the listeners are going to get now have a broken heart syndrome, but the bottom line is the heart is better off when we don't have that stress and trauma. Um, and unfortunately, these days that's uh, near impossible, but we can manage it better or we can look after it. And that's what I find with the work I do is helping people to go through these traumas and stresses and distresses and have ways of helping the body through it. So, well, the heart isn't affected or the brain. It, it works smarter. Mm. Yeah, so, so Jennifer, just listening to that, I'm thinking, you know, one of the things that you mentioned there was public speaking, which is what, um, you know, Lawson and Denise and I do. We do that all the time, and I'm thinking, oh, are we, are we suddenly are we in danger? Risk? Are we at risk right and here? And Danuta's at more risk because she's a female. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the question is, how do we then build up resilience mm. so that okay. we don't well, suffer from this? Okay, I can give my own example because I 
I was highly anxious as I grew up. I had a very anxious mother and fear of everything. And I went into teaching and then into public speaking. And I still do that now. And whether it be to the public programs, churches or whatever. And I used to be absolutely terrified. and My heart would just go ballistic. I never ventured into this syndrome but it certainly affected me. But I started to change my attitude and the way I thought about it because I was going in with fear, fear of what people think, fear they might not like what I've got to say, fear I won't know enough, mm-hmm. you know, when you're public speaking. So I shifted it when I realised after experience that people don't mind, that you can laugh with it, that it's okay not to know something. Mm-hmm. So I, I started to then prepare my mind when I'd go to speak uh, and do my breathing. I've talked about that focused heart breathing where you, even though you're not breathing through the heart, when you're doing deep breaths, you're focusing on the heart. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to breathe through the nose. Well, I do through the nose, out the mouth, as I've shared on, on the program here. But certainly doing the breathing, the calming and refocusing the mind um, and actually changing your belief or attitude around what is stressful. Mm. So it's very good. It's got to be very intentional is what you're saying really in every way. Um, yes. And do you find that the more that it's practised, the easier it gets really? Absolutely, because it rewires the brain. Yes. Our, my brain was wired for anxiety and fear, particularly mm-hmm. around people. Well, I've changed that now. I don't have that anxiety and fear. Mm-hmm. But I can get anxious, but then I do what I teach people. I have to go, what am I anxious about? Mm-hmm. Anxiety is future fear. The fear of what if. So solve the problem in the present. So these are the sorts of basic skills I teach people to help the heart, but it also helps the brain. And so is there, is there, when, when you're saying that we actually apply these things, is there some degree of reversal or I guess prevention is a big one, but is there some degree of reversal that can happen with this broken heart syndrome? Oh, absolutely. Mm. The heart can repair. Mm-hmm. And it's rare, apparently, that anyone dies from it. It's a very treatable disorder. But um, because it mimics the heart attack, people go the fear of, no, I'm dying. You know, there's something wrong with me. There is, but it's not a heart attack. But going and getting assessment if that's happening is important because it tells you what the problem is. So doctors now diagnose it. But it's um, so it is very, very treatable, and we can prevent anything like that by the sorts of skills we're talking about. Yeah, I love that because pre- prevention is always better than cure, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Um, but the thing is, we talked about the heart and the brain. The heart and the brain are intimately connected. Mm-hmm. Um, the heart does more talking to the brain than the brain to the heart. Mm. So um, every beat of the heart gives a signal to the brain. And they're constantly talking together. And then, of course, that connects to the body. So, but the center of our whole existence and what is happening is the heart, mm. not just the brain. Mm-hmm. And yet, so many can think that it's the brain, isn't it? That, that our, I mean, because our thoughts do affect our feelings too. Um, but that the heart's even stronger, you're saying. Absolutely. There's good research on this now. There's, uh, for the last few decades, there's been an American group that have researched the heart-brain connection and they find that if you focus on correcting the heart, it, it rebalances the brain. You know, we try and get that brain balance, but the heart's doing 100 miles an hour or out of, it can actually spike and get jagged um, and uneven. And, of course, this is where as soon as we get stressed or distressed, 
Mm-hmm. Um, then the heart is racing and doing things. It gives a signal to our survival brain to turn on the fight-flight mechanism. Mm-hmm. So which means you start pumping adrenaline, cortisol. What does the heart do when you've got adrenaline and cortisol? Mm. 100, 100 miles an hour. Mm. So, so this is where um, being able to actually monitor the heart and focus on calming it down and it actually rebalances left-right brain and turns off the survival brain mechanism for fight-flight. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? It is, and that is how you treat trauma. It downloads trauma we've dialed up or we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, so simple and easy. But this is what God does. He gives us very simple solutions. He's his creation. We can regulate it if we understand it. Knowledge is powerful. That That is true. I mean, knowledge is powerful. And like you say, I love what you're saying, Jennifer, is that God's really designed us to have that balance. And if something's yeah. out of balance, there are ways yeah. within our body that, um, yeah. that that can actually bring it back into balance. And so yeah. so what I'm hearing from you as well, Jennifer, is that you're saying that, that, that it's got to be an intentional thing yourself. But if you're actually struggling with it, there is... Is, there is the counselling that actually helps. Is there any particular, like, is it you know, just any kind of counsellor? Is there specific people that you would suggest in that space, or psychologists, I guess? And 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 any other thoughts, like in that space, like support other support systems. What are other support systems that people can have as well? Okay, I think there are a number of things you can do. I don't know a lot of psychologists that work with this principle. They're not in Australia where they don't seem to be as aware. Of this, it is improving, but it's very slow. So a lot of this research and use of it is in the USA. Mm. Um, but so to, I couldn't, I, I do know the odd person like in my field who does use it, but generally no. Mm-hmm. But doing cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. where you're actually changing the beliefs and values and how you think is very powerful. Yes. But then if you add in the simplicity of, and they do teach the breathing, but they don't tell you the conscious awareness that it actually is going to help the heart calm down. Mm-hmm. So I believe and I understand the brain, well, it does. Scientifically, the brain works smarter if it knows how to work. Mm. So if the brain knows the heart's the problem, that once you put it on conscious awareness and you don't need a counsellor to do this, you can work on it yourself, mm-hmm. going, no, calm the heart, calm the heart, and actually even rubbing the heart, putting the hand on the heart calms it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love, love that. And, and, it's, and it's really helped you. You've mentioned that it has really helped you too. Jennifer, we've got about a minute left. Is there anything else that you just want to really let our listeners know before we finish up today, please? I just encourage people to start being aware of the heart and if they're stressed, even not to go straight to the heart, do the breathing. Mm-hmm. And just consciously being aware of that heart-brain connection um, and working with the heart more than trying to fix the brain because it will balance itself. Um, and we can look at that more next next week. Yeah, I think it's very interesting you talk about um, you, you, the breathing exercises right there because yes. um, in the military that's what's called combat breathing, which oh, you know, soldiers know. under severe stress are trained to actually do. But they're not told why. They knew why it would make a better, more of a difference. Yeah, probably, probably. (laughs) 
No, that's right. Well, thanks again very much, Jennifer. We always really appreciate that. And we're going to be br- smiling as well as breathing more in those spaces. <laughs> so looking after our hearts. So thanks so much, Jennifer. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.